Hello, welcome to Enough with Girl, a podcast where we discuss how the justice system in America is an imperfect and sluggish piece of antiquated machinery as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. I thought about trying to do a Blanche accent there, but I think it's for the best that I didn't. <laughs> and today we're tackling the 90th episode in the series, Love Me Tender. Woohoo! <laughs> I don't necessarily know if like those words verbatim is my number one complaint over the justice system in America. <laughs> pretty good though. But it is pretty good and we will we will definitely get to that line. <laughs> Blanche the abolitionist, who knew? <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> so ahead of her time here. Um, but uh, yeah, this one, I mean, this one's just super fun i remember hardly anything about it like in specifics when i just think of it you know in passing except for the guy that plays eddie is the voice of piglet on winnie the pooh which is brilliant brilliant casting <laughs> name a less threatening fictional character yes! than piglet you know exactly what is like if you had to come up with some male character that is like the epitome of not full of sexual top testosterone yeah. <laughs> it's like it is incredible and it's just such a funny conceit especially you know when at the end he reveals that he's had this his whole life <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's really like he's such an interesting complicated character that is like he's 100% a punchline in this but it's like they actually let him be somewhat real and yeah. even though it's like a bizarre storyline <laughs> and turn of events but um yeah really fascinating he's a good character like he's like it seems like such a weird I feel like if you read the premise for this you'd be like what yes <laughs> he brings something to it that is also like I mean he's so likable in a way that yes. you can sort of like allow for the fact that maybe he does have some sort of like gravitas in person that because especially I'm thinking of the line of the scene at the end where he comes in and all of the girls are just like falling <laughs> all over themselves for him totally um it, I, I like it and the fact that he has to like have a still getty jump on him and back up <laughs> it's pretty amazing <laughs> But yeah, it's it's like the only part that you can't imagine is the whole like sad sack in love with his ex-wife, you know, um, like right, storyline because that's like yeah. yeah, that's like the literally like how unappealing is that? yeah, <laughs> that's for like sure. the worst thing. But he loves sex so much that it's just kind of funny. You can imagine that at the end of the night, he sort of transformed and all of a sudden just became really. <laughs> really just appealing it's really it's fascinating. something happens obviously it's like a werewolf situation yes exactly <laughs> at a certain time of the night he's yeah like, well it's time to time to have sex um i love the you know again i i don't typically uh as you know like sophia ragging on dorothy in a sort of lack of sexual or romantic relationships type of way but i do love the line like she's already waited six months for a date what's another half an hour <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really just a great delivery and Dorothy's like sexy sultry pose that she oh strikes is amazing <laughs> what's wrong with your hip <laughs> <laughs> oh god but yeah I mean what do you think of the whole the whole beginning you know where we, we get introduced to this idea I, I love it I love it first of all Dorothy's 
great. I love the purple oh, like yeah. silk suit. Blanche is also wearing magenta, so <laughs> there we go. Yet a, yet another time. Another time. She's Our magenta post color. on enough wicker does have a collage of all of the times Blanche does wear the color she hates the most. It's a real gotcha moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's so funny. And even when Sophia's like, I was on the bus, it just like kind of sets you up for totally. uh, you know, like what this episode is gonna be. And then when Eddie shows up it's so like I I feel like it's really to the show that they were able to do this without it being like just mean you know yeah. because it, it kind of could read that way and it's the most oh it's very mean you know it, it, <laughs> it took does, a computer but I feel to like come up the, with this yeah like oh it's, um, well, it's funny too because I was actually looking at him somewhat objectively and it's not it's not striking visually in the same way that obviously Dr. Jonathan Newman is or Frank right. coming dressed as a priest to the door, right? Like we've had these similar type of like expectation versus reality of a date, like situations where the front door opens and it's, you know, I mean, it's such a good comedic thing, like a, re- a literal reveal of opening a door, right? Like that's yeah. like such a sitcom staple <laughs> and particularly in this show where the front door is used so much, but I was looking at him objectively and you're like, okay, it's just like a slightly smaller than average man. Right, <laughs> There's yeah. nothing to him. And it's like, they've dated guys that look older. Like Ernie from the previous episode looks just about as old as Eddie. Like, it's not like he's. Yeah, but he's bigger, I guess. Full on grandpa. Yeah, I know. But I mean, but I, I think the idea is like from an objective look standpoint, they're about the same, but it's the way that the characters react where it's like, it's, it is very mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, luckily he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> exactly. There's also something that he says that I wanted to bring up because I, I have in my notes, I can't decide if it's, I think it's like a little bit progressive or actually really offensive when uh-huh. he's like, when you've been in a deep depression for a year and a half, nothing phases you. And then he makes a joke about how he didn't want to go on the date anyway, but his therapist made him. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so they're, I do think, you know, that's a pretty real depiction of somebody struggling with, like, their mental state. And I feel like people do, and they should, like, you know, just kind of talk about it as though it's something that's not so taboo. Yeah. But it is kind of made to be a punchline a little bit. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know where I land, but I I feel like it is significant. (laughs) I land more towards the progressive line because... I only think the pun- it is a punchline, but I think the punchline setup is what I think is the funniest thing where he says the therapist wouldn't let me. And then Dorothy delivers the punchline where she goes, perhaps if we spoke to him together, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I also think following your original train of thought is like a lot of therapists, you know, in- encourage like there's the whole idea of which I actually find to be very not necessarily in a deep depression helpful, but like just helpful in life where it's like. The idea that if you're procrastinating or won't do something that you just have to do it. Like you can't wait for the motivation to do it. You just have to do the action, like action before motivation. So I I think that it is common, maybe not necessarily deep depression people, but I think it is common for therapists to recommend like, just get out there. You don't have to want to get out there. Just get out there because you might find yourself having fun after you take the action and therefore the motivation will come after So I love that idea of framework, but I think also in Dorothy's joke, it's also correct and also related to the last episode that it's not a woman's job to fix a man. And it's like, you know, like she's basically being used here. (laughs) 
yeah by the therapist as like a tool of his yes, recovery yeah that's exactly true. which is so fascinating so i actually think like the idea is there and i think to your point it is actually good for people to talk about that and talk about and even talk about having a therapist right like yeah, it's kind of awesome sure. that that's you know that's out there um this isn't even this is even based in new york where it was just yeah. like everybody Everyone has a therapist. therapist yeah truly <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I think it's really interesting because it's like, to me, that 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 line that Dorothy delivers is so funny, but it's also, like, very real. You're like, can we just talk to him? Like, I don't want to go out with this guy. I'm expecting a real date. (laughs) But perhaps if we spoke to him again. I mean, it's really, it's wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh... Before we get, before we get into the B story, I do want to talk about when she comes back from the first date. <laughs> she goes when she's talking about you know his his ex wife Roberta, and she's like she's like oh yeah, especially since she owns it, runs it, and calls the place Roberta. It's like it's <laughs> such an amazing delivery. Yeah. But then quickly thereafter, and it it is it is a writer's conceit to keep the mystery, but like. And to drive the story of, like, Dorothy being mysterious, you know, about it. Like, where she's just like, oh, this was a terrible date. It was so dumb. Okay, I'm going to go get ready for the next one. And then just walks out. Like, I think that's totally not in character. But they obviously do that just to drive the story. I don't know what you thought of that scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it a lot. I think it's also, like, it's obvious that they had sex right because like they're like yeah. she's getting home so early or whatever or yes early in the morning <laughs> early but, late <laughs> yeah um but the fact that nothing's really said about it is also interesting and adds some intrigue it kind of reminds me of when she's sneaking around with stan a little bit yeah um, and that is you know blanche and, and rose know uh during that part and i feel like even you know like it comes up later where blanche is like oh there's something weird about that what's going on when when rose knows and she doesn't um right. so i think it's kind of an uh an interesting build that they the writers use um because like right away i feel like if you were blanche or rose you'd be like what what that's weird what's going on you know totally. and like you might start to to try to piece it together <laughs> dorothy will never tell her tell her yeah. The secret Nothing. that I don't know. <laughs> oh God, that whole scene where again the Betty White face like going up and down, and oh my God, she knows exactly what she did. So great. She said she'd tickle me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, but I, I yeah, I do. I love going back to the middle part that we were talking about the Dorothy's like hot goss to Rose, and that mm-hmm. it is. It's like, it feels confessional. And then at the end, Rose is like, well, what's the problem? She's like, did I say there was a problem? <laughs> so right. it's so like awesome. She's like, no, nah, I'm just, I'm just gossiping. To you. <laughs> yeah. All that great. and cappuccino too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Amazing. Um, before we, you know, continue on to the, uh, the Eddie train here, let's, let's talk about the B story. Oh yeah. Jackie and Marla. <laughs> Oh man! Also on our villains list, of course. Yeah. Manipulative yeah. little fuckers. Um. <laughs> I do love Blanche being like, "I'll need to see pictures of the father, father before and it, I it, commit." Very, Blanche's whole involvement in this, I love. I I actually do find that to be very funny. The running theme of her like barely touching the edge of terrible work. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it is only one afternoon a week, right? Like all of that is so great, and it I works. know, like it feels very rose to seek this out 
And it feels oh, yeah. very bland to be like, all right, I guess I'll do it too, as long as it's not like a huge commitment. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that slipping my tongue to half the firemen <laughs> in the county was a more lofty social achievement. I mean, there is always, always a thread of selfishness in everything Blanche does. And I, it, it's such an amazing testament to the writing and to Rue McClanahan that you like still love her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just like not a realistic thing in terms of like a character trait that i would ever be like you know into but it's just she's just wonderful (laughs) so good also they have to stop going to the mall only bad things happen at the mall for these yes (laughs) i know right is is that just like a is that a comment like on america in general only like consumerism yeah Helping elderly oh. people get a good grip on the escalator. Yes. Oh, my what? God. Give me a break. Oh, it's yeah. so nice. And then they hug and stuff, and it's just kind of weird at that point. I'm just like, I don't I don't really know if you'd be at this point now, but I guess it's part of the part of the game that the, yeah. the girls would do. Maybe if they were younger, you know, like Daisy age, but. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know what else about them? So I, uh, in the last episode, we talked about how the writers are sort of experimenting with um, kind of like interchange, like making them deliver uh, lines in the style of one another. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there's the line when Rose, Blanche is going to show them some makeup tricks. And Rose is like, could you could skip, you skip the, innocent the innocent part? <laughs> yeah, the show starts in two hours. That's so Dorothy. It totally is. Oh, my God, you're right. What a it's little like consistent a, thread. That's really interesting. It's like a little bit too smart for Rose, you know, like, yes. like typically. But um, it, I mean, it works really well in the scene, but I just feel like now that I'm, I'm looking for that, that was a very easy one to be like, oh, that is, that's the Arthur. You're right. You're right. That's so funny. <laughs> it does remind me, though, of like those moments that Rose does have where she's really like hyper aware. Or, like, you yeah. know, like, hypersexual bit. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> so good. Oh God! It just gave me a pang in my heart missing Betty Betty White. Oh, yeah, God, you know. Oh my goodness. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so, <laughs> okay. So we get to the point where you know they're at the mall, and then they're the fall guy. Which I was like, I don't really know. You know, there's like a piece missing here where the girls think that they can get away with it and then can't. I was like, what was your entire plan the whole time? Was that you, one of you was going to get caught holding a bag of stolen items? Like, I feel like you, you still need the like, they think that the security guard is on to them right, <laughs> kind of yeah. situation. And it's just like, it makes no sense to me. Um, <laughs> but... No, there's some holes. <laughs> <laughs> there's some holes in the plot so they come back and you know Blanche talks about the justice system in America is a perfect a sluggish piece of antiquated machinery and you know we were in the slammer <laughs> just yeah, for like, the second time they've been arrested <laughs> literally and and just such a um it's such a mouthful right like coming from Blanche and again as we said before there's always a selfish strain so it's not like she's concerned about the justice system for literally anybody but herself but um it's it's kind yeah. of amazing to sneak that line in there, you know, because uh, yeah, there's some really fucked up things about the justice system. Yeah, so. it's real. I I agree, it's really good, and I feel like if that was like delivered by I don't know, like a defense attorney or something like that, I would be like, all right, you know, like yeah, you're like to... everybody would clap on the jury. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that movie. Oh, but then so a fast follow of this pretty amazing line that you just you know really makes you think. Um, is 
uh, whatchamacallit, you know, Sophia's pissed off, in that same scene, Sophia's pissed off about Dorothy and Eddie, and I want to unpack that. <laughs> but yeah. first, first, let's cover off on the fact that they have a, a child-beating line delivered oh, yeah. in the form of a Bing Crosby joke, which, like, she said, boy, I wish I'd married Bing Crosby when I had the chance, right? So then the entire joke hinges upon the fact that people know that he beat his children this was an outward thing that people knew and then like you have blanche like coming in and like you know saying oh because he was strict disciplinarian which again not the same thing yeah but okay. generous phrasing very generous <laughs> phrasing and then she you know she uh passes it off and like sort of like lightens the moment being like no not that you know but it's the first, like literally the first joke is about beating your children and that's fucked up yeah yeah it, it really is i <laughs> but then i guess like it is when she follows it up she's like no now i'd be a wealthy widow like, that's what i mean like she she yeah. it's like quote unquote saved but you're like nah the joke was still made so anyway i mean that the joke is about an abuser <laughs> for real for real so psa there are better crooners out there okay like i mean yeah. they're not they're not all innocent but at least they weren't outwardly fucked up like that um anyway <laughs> moving on <laughs> don't walk in a winter wonderland with being uh, Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um so you know she's talking so she's talking about sport nookie and like the idea i think it's really interesting because like she disapproves of the relationship with eddie and you know her reasoning which i again think is mature it's not that like sport nookie is a bad thing but that she doesn't think it's what Dorothy wants or that it's good for Dorothy but my thing is that I'm confused and maybe at the end it sort of ruins this thing a little bit but like or this idea a little bit but to me it seems strictly physical because she talks about how like they have literally nothing else in common except for you know the cappuccino maker (laughs) right (laughs) and to me, I'm kind of like, I, that to me seems like Sophia overextending her hand because there are no signs to this point in the episode that Dorothy is getting emotionally involved or overly attached and that she's just having fun because she hasn't had a date in six months. So right. I don't know what you thought about that. I, I just think it's like, it's too much. It's not, it's like the opposite of the Glenn O'Brien situation to me. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think the way they, they present this is also really good because um when Sophia says like if you would let me finish Colonel Gaddafi she gets to sort of like say her point because at the beginning I feel like it's just like none of your business like if you're saying like you shouldn't be having sport nookie like that's not whatever but when she does let's see how many times we can say sport I know (laughs) when she does um I'm gonna try to incorporate that into my my regular daily lexicon um when she explains herself and she's like, it's not right for you. Like you don't have anything to feel guilty about, but then yeah. that's also said in tandem with Sophia admitting that she can make Dorothy feel guilty about anything. Yes. That's also like a really sort of like deep thing about mothers and daughters and particularly like them and their relationship. And, you know, like, because it's such a focal point of the show, the relationship between Dorothy and Sophia but it actually isn't so often that we get into like the real intricacies and real sort of like deep layers of their relationship. And I yeah. think that this is kind of one of those points. And I, I think you're totally right about like Sophia overextending and sort of like, I think it's kind of a natural thing for mothers or not a natural thing, but a, uh, a thing that happens where mothers 
think they know their kids better than they yes. know themselves. Right. And it must be hard to censor yourself when they're an adult and not kind of, you know, air your, your grievances. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not looking forward to that at all. No, that seems, that seems <laughs> <a> to me. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry to you. Um, <laughs> but I think that Dorothy's, the fact that Dorothy comes to it on her own, I think is her coming to it on her own. And maybe Sophia revealed it sooner than was necessary. But I think Dorothy ends it with him because she knows it won't be enough. And eventually it'll, it'll be harder to break it off. Yeah. Um, But maybe she could have waited until she got there herself. Yeah. Or got late a couple more times at least, you know, (laughs) that's what I mean. Like there's no harm in her continuing to do it as long as she continues to feel like it's fine, you know? Correct. Exactly. And I think that that, that turns out for a lot of people who are looking for the emotional side of sex is that, you go up until a point with sport nookie and then you say it's not working for me anymore. Right. Drink. But, but, yeah. to your, <laughs> but to your point, like it's, 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 she have to get, she has to get there on her own. And then the whole, like, Oh my God, like having major surgery and telling me about it two days later, sometimes she didn't even need the surgery. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. <laughs> also that reminds me of like the whole I hate hospitals thing you know from a few episodes back and like where you know she's so torn up about how like she was in the hospital alone and scared and you know Sal didn't come and like all of that drama you know there's there's a lot connected with hospitals yeah. surgery and Dorothy's family which is really fascinating that they keep harping on it as a point yeah for sure um, <laughs> there's and like I think I also think it is important that they have Sophia clarify that she doesn't actually think there's anything wrong with just a physical relationship because yes. it's, you know, they're, they're adults. And like, also it's different, obviously it's a different angle, but obviously sex is, um, you know, it's a huge component of relationships. And I feel like we, we addressed this in the last episode, but this block of, of episodes of the Golden Girls is I know. focused on the significance of sex. And exactly. so for them to be able to, sort of all basically agree that like there's nothing wrong with it two adults like consenting to just having a sexual part of a relationship is I think a um I, I think you could call it progressive yes absolutely and especially because Sophia defends it like that right, right. and this and isn't the first time absolutely this isn't the first time we've heard about this right like this yeah. isn't we we have we've definitely covered sport nookie drink before <laughs> um without without that amazing phrasing but um, yeah, I just thought, you know, it's just really interesting. And it's funny because, I, you know, obviously the punchline that they have at the very beginning of like how appealing Eddie is, despite appearances, is just, <laughs> you know, like where they all just get so horned up at the end. It's hysterical. And it's like, yeah. we've covered this before, too, of just like, I don't know, especially when you're when you're in younger years and you have like female roommates and you're all just like talking about sex or going on dates or like, you know, like everybody is just sort of in that state, like revving your engines. Yeah. <laughs> but it is really funny to just see like the whole house of women like erupt, you know, I mean, we, we only get glimpses of that, like when they are fawning over Jake, you know, at right. the same time or, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it's like, it's very playful and light. Um, but it is yeah. very funny. Actually, it's funny that you said that. Have you watched Yellow Jackets? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't. Um, okay, so it's not like the Golden Girls at all. It's, it's a very dark <laughs> show. Um, it's really good, though. It has, like, a lot of, like, 90s um, cool women figures like Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis is in it. Um, but anyway, there's a scene 
um, where they're all, they're in a plane crash. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but they're in a plane crash and they all get their hands on like some magic mushrooms. And there's one boy who's like the same age as all of these teenage girls. And they're like high on mushrooms and they all sort of like go to him at one point to like, uh-huh basically like have like group sex with him and I was watching that and I was like what does this remind me of and then I was watching this episode of the Golden Girls I was like oh my god it's Eddie like it's totally oh my different god. Like, them all like being so attracted to him it's, it's I like, oh, okay I see it <laughs> and they're not even on mushrooms exactly <laughs> Spanish fly I know exactly um I also love the Jim and Tammy Baker reference when Blake oh, is yeah. writing the, the checks um and, and Bro's being like maybe some cookies and milk will change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Different times. Oh my god! But yeah, I love the like the Rose remaining innocent and like even though again she's had a lot of growth as a character over the series. Like knowing that like if you just think back to when she was a child's age, you know, when she was a teenager, she was still really innocent and like cookies and milk, right? It's right. Like imprinting. It's like the classic thing that happens if you don't pay attention and, and grow as you age and figure out what's going on with younger generations where you just assume it's the exact same type of being a teenager that you were, which is not the case. <laughs> right. Speaking of you, baby boomers, uh, just because I don't eat avocado <laughs> toast still doesn't mean I can afford a house. But... Um, <laughs> I love but you know what... <laughs> me. But you know what I mean, right? I think that yeah, that's no, like totally. one of the biggest faults of adults and not continuing to grow is just making assumptions about the way the world is. And it's not the right. same as it's not the same world that you grew up in. And uh, sure. to me that that's like a tiny microcosm of Rose like cookies and milk. You're like, oh my God. These yeah, girls totally. literally put you in jail. <laughs> yeah. That's Come what you on. do for a young person. Exactly. <laughs> hysterical oh boy but it's you know it's it's a very fun episode i think it's uh you know eddie always cracks me up winnie the pooh always cracks me up you know it's it's a good it's a good time (laughs) yeah that's really a that's a really fun fact (laughs) it's just it completes the package like you said excellent casting (laughs) yep (laughs) well do you have anything else no that's it all righty join us next Rat-a-tat-tat, clinging spritzers, the uniqueness of proposing over champagne, and half a dozen cheap, tawdry romance novels. (laughs) Bye-bye.